calling all consumer goods, business owners, and marketing professionals. Does planning content ahead of time stress you out? Do you want to run Instagram and Facebook ads, but just aren't sure where to start? If your answer is yes and yes, then our mini course was made for you. It's 100% free and packed with essential tactics that you can implement as soon as today. To join in, visit our website at umymarketing.com slash mini course. All right, let's get on with the pod. Okay, welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Allison and Karen, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we're being joined today with Kate Morton, founder of Funkit Wellness, a menstrual and women's health brand, and also a member of our Consumer Goods Growth Course. Kate, welcome. Thanks for having me. We were just saying, I can't believe it's been, I think about two years since the growth course. And I didn't realize, you know, I took it so early on and I'm really grateful. You guys know how much I love that course. And like, I tell everyone about it. So yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our number number one hype girl. I love (laughs) it. I tell everyone because people are like, I don't know how to do social. I don't know how to do email. I'm like, go take this class. But they're like, I don't want to hire anyone. I'm like, okay, then go take this class and do it yourself. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we have a lot to catch up on. It has been a while. So for everyone listening, uh, give everyone your background. How'd you start Funkit? How'd you get to where you are? Yeah. So I'm a registered dietitian. I never intended to be an entrepreneur or start a business or become a marketing person. It just never, I don't want to call myself an expert at this point. You know, it hasn't only been two years. I've got a lot to learn and I got off birth control. I mean, it's been about five, six years ago now. And that's really like, you know, I had such a bad experience on birth control and everyone's experience is different. And I definitely believe that everyone should do what's best for them. My body just could not hang. It did not like it. It was so hard for me. I basically had a period of like two years and I was like, I've got to fix this. So I finally got off birth control and I was so pumped. I was like, this is it. This is my time to shine. Everything's going to be great. And everything got so much worse because I'd been on it for 10 years. And so I was like, okay, there's got to be something like, and I started talking to my friends and everyone felt the way I did, but nobody felt like they could talk about it. Cause they were like, Oh, you know, periods, birth control. It's not really like something you can talk about because there's such a stigma and taboo around it. So that's like where it really started. And then I dug in and was like, okay, I want to use food to be able to solve this problem because I don't want to be putting anything else into my body. That's potentially going to hurt me. And so that's kind of how Funkit got started. And our first product was seed cycling, which is still like my absolute, like I will seed cycle till I no longer have a period. And that is it. Like I will never stop. You can't make me stop because the second I don't do it the next month, I feel terrible. And so we've got seed cycling. We just released a new food-based vitamin for the menstrual cycle, which is awesome. That took a year to create and 125 tries. It's naturally food stable. It's got plant-based vitamin D and calcium. It's just, I'm really proud of that product. But then we've also got a libido product, which is maca. And then we have a perimenopause product, which is revitalized. So we've kind of really, we started out with one hero product and now we've kind of branched out because we really want to provide aspects for everybody, like not just periods, but all different types of hormonal issues. So that's like a long-winded way of how we got started. <laughs> so awesome. The How you built it and where you guys have come in this short amount of time is super exciting. And it's not just you, right? You have a co-founder as well. 
Yep. I have a co-founder and so she's in Denver actually. And so it's really interesting. Like she's a graphic designer and I'm a dietitian. So legitimately no business school was involved in the making of this company. <laughs> Classic. That's yeah. super normal. I mean, I, I didn't go to school for marketing, neither did Allison. So, you know, you do what you're passionate about and what, what kind of happens. So We'd love to know what has been thus far one of your biggest wins. There's one win that we're not able to talk about yet that I'll have to share with you guys when it's live. It'll be live sometime between November and May. Um, Maybe November and May. You're giving us the longest time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So mysterious. I love it. So mysterious, but You know, I think the biggest win, like when I look back and I guess you like don't know what you don't know. And so I look back at all the obstacles we had, you know, launching a brand in a pandemic. Um, I lost my house during the snowstorm and like funk it was in my house at the time. And the only room that didn't get damaged was the room that funk it was in. And like, there's all these little things. And like, I honestly feel like my biggest win today is just still being here like two years in with the business that's still growing month over month. And like I was sitting outside our offices on Springdale in East Austin and I was sitting outside in like this big fluffy beanbag today. And the most amazing, like beautiful pregnant woman walked by and she like screamed at me and was like, I love your products. Do you work there? And I was like, yeah, I work here. What's up? And she was like, you, your company helped me make this baby. And like, it was just like the coolest experience. Like, you know, since we're online, I don't get too many like in-person cool experiences. So like, and that literally just happened. And, you know, she had her Boggy Creek farm, like bag. She'd been to the farm, she had her big hat on and like, she was just like so excited to talk about her period and her journey. And so I think honestly, the biggest win is just still being here, being able to help people with their periods. That is insane. I love that that happened today. It just happened too. today. Like, what so a great like moment. Timing. <laughs> it was so that, cool. I've been like riding that wave all day. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, I love how, you know, I, I love that you're a dietitian. So it's really important for you to provide um, medicine through like actual food. So how did you, I mean, tell us more about your experience of like developing your product and any challenges that you had to overcome. Yeah. So, you know, seed cycling has been around a long time. So I definitely did not invent seed cycling. I just took my own spin on it. That's something that I was really passionate about and nobody was selling like high quality organic um, B Corp certified farms, like from the U S or Europe seeds that were already pre-ground. And like, that took us a long time to figure out how to do because seeds are very volatile. So like when you're buying seeds at the grocery store, you know how they come in clear packaging, they shouldn't, the light like kills the nutrients in them. And so I never thought I would know this much about seeds in my life, but I know a lot about seeds now. And I think the biggest like challenge in the beginning with developing these products is while I didn't invent the idea of seed cycling, I wanted to make it convenient, effective, and transparent. And so that was something that wasn't already on the market. And that took forever. It took like a whole year just to figure out how to grind the seeds in a way. We have like a proprietary process now where we process them, keep them super fresh, do not mess with the nutrients, and we get them to the customer within four to six weeks. So that was tricky. And, you know, like I had never owned a business before, especially in food. So I called 300 co-packers. 
And 300? 300. I didn't even know there were Girl. 300 co-packers. Oh, there's a lot. I mean, like I would just like find these co-packer lists online, you know, and like just call and call and call. And like, even if they like weren't related to me at all, like I would just call them. And like, so that was like a huge challenge. And then, you know, actually Morgan, our all mutual friend ended up introducing me to my current co-packer. So it ended up being through a friend where I found a co-packer. It wasn't even Wait, any so of were those the, the other calls. 300, they were saying no, or they just weren't the right fit for you? Some like weren't in business anymore. Some were not the right fit for me. Some just said no, like you've got no experience with this business. Like we don't take on small, like MOQs was a big one, like minimum order quantities. Like I was like, I just want need to order like 100 seed cycling kits. Like, you know, like I just, cause I was making it in my kitchen when I first started and then you know, it started to like outgrew that really quickly and needed a manufacturer. And so, you know, it was, they ran the gamut of reasons why they didn't want to work with me, but man, they all had some reason they didn't want to. And it's crazy because now we have four manufacturers and it's awesome and so much easier, but it's like, just, I had to get my foot in the door with the product development. And then with our newest product, there's nothing else like it on the market. A hundred percent food-based vitamin that's shelf stable and specifically for the menstrual cycle. Um, you know, that there's a reason there's not any on the market. And we ran into pretty much every obstacle we could find, but I learned a lot about food development from our partner who helps us with that. And I mean, I flew out to Colorado so many times in the past year, just to like be in the lab and like help with it myself. Cause I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I felt like I needed to like be there, um, much to probably their annoyment, but we're all good now. So we're still all friends. So it worked out. I need these cycle bites. I will be purchasing them later because I need the ease of like, just like having it ready in my mouth. And obviously you knew that because that's why you made it. And I am so excited to get them. Um, But another thing I wanted to bring up on the challenge front really quick is the, like you're in the sexual wellness space. And I feel like we do talk to some brands And we haven't ever like actually us as an agency marketed one just yet. Like, can you talk a little bit about those obstacles and like what you're doing? Any tips for brands that are coming up with the same obstacles? And, you know, it's really hard, like because we are a period care company. And so you wouldn't think that menstruation, like you wouldn't think sexual wellness in general would be shielded. Like, look at the movies, look what you see on Netflix, look what you see everywhere. Like we're okay with it in every other aspect, but we're not okay with like trying to actually give people good products. And so even like period care, like we get flagged on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and like every social platform, probably at least once a week, we have something taken down or flagged or our ads are removed or whatever it is. And so it's really crazy. Like our, I know you guys went through the whole battle with me on my Instagram store. Like I just emailed Instagram. Like I think like a hundred, I'm not hundred. That's an exaggeration. That one is a, a hyperbole, but a lot of times like, and so I think like that is really challenging because they don't want to show your ads to people. They don't want to help show your profiles to people. Being shadow banned is a real thing. You know, sometimes your content sucks. Sometimes you're shadow banned, who knows? But like, it's one of those things where, I don't know. It's really hard. And like a lot of our videos will get that like weird censored over it and like you'll click on it and it's literally just someone talking about their period. Yeah. I mean that that's just not right. I mean, so Facebook 
even talks about what their policies are. And they say like, you can say vagina and you can talk about sexual wellness, but we, yeah, but you exactly, you see all the time that things get flagged for literally those things. And, and then you see products that are being marketed organically and paid that aren't great products, you know, well, also like, like men's products are way less likely to get yes. flagged. Like mm-hmm. they're way less likely to get flagged, like, you know, erectile dysfunction products and anything in that realm. Like I've seen them on yeah. Facebook so many times. And there was actually, I think it was the beginning of this year. Um, I forget who it was, but a reproductive justice group, like they really like put together this massive survey for sexual wellness brands. And we're like, what's getting flagged? Can you show us examples? Can you send us in screenshots? So like, it was a long survey, but I know that like I did it and a bunch of my friends in this space did it. And like, they actually went to Facebook. I'm pretty sure. And we're like, this is actually what you're doing. Like you say you're not doing it, but you are. That's, that's great. Um, it's kind of like the, the pink tax thing, but like happening on meta, you know, Ugh, that's the pink so tax makes me so mad. Um, I'm giving a TED talk next week and the pink tax is in there. And I've been trying really hard to find the like numbers of how much money Texas makes off the pink tax. But of course they make it really difficult, but it's like somewhere like around $20 million, like a year. Pink tax. Well, yeah. I mean, a short from just like reaching out to support, I think that that's definitely, you know, one of the main things you got to do, but kind of just like, even like language on your videos, language that you use, it's just like so specific. And I think it's really tricky because when we talk about language, like one of the big things we're trying to do is use medically accurate education. But then like on TikTok, when I have to like spell period different or like spell vagina different or spell sex different that's not teaching the next generation like the medically accurate terms for our bodies and you know there's a lot of research that like those like pet names and things like that are actually what cause a lot of confusion later in life especially when it comes to like sexual experiences so I don't know it's hard because like on TikTok you know you have to get around it and I I understand to a point, but I also am like, these are biological terms. Mm -hmm. Well, something I do think that you really excel with is relationship building. And I know that's a big part of your, your process of taking this brand from like zero to a hundred in two years or so. So um, would love to hear how you go about, you know, developing these relationships. And I'm laughing because I'm just imagining you calling 300 co-packers and just calling, you know, anyone on the phone to, to make a relationship, but would love to hear how you make relationships and how um, that's affected your business. You know, I think something that we've really honed in on is like working with people who have the same values as us. Um, it's not something we've always, you know, in the beginning done, but I think that's something that as we've gotten more into it, like having the same values of like inclusivity, authenticity, transparency, medically accurate education. So like, that's how we filter a lot of our relationships. And honestly, I know social media gets a really bad rap, but I do think it can be a really cool place to meet people. And like, I've got so many friends, especially, you know, like we launched in the middle of the pandemic where in person just like, wasn't an option. It wasn't a thing anymore. And so like, I made a lot of actual real friends through Instagram and TikTok while I was building Funkit, but 
I think the biggest thing that brands get wrong and nobody's perfect, we're not perfect either, but is that it is a relationship. Like if, so like say if you're working with influencers or whatever it is, like we've just really tried to now work with people that we enjoy working with. Like, do we like talking to them? Do they like talking to us? Like, do we actually want to be friends and like interact with our content and you know, I think people are so special and I think that that's such a big part of business. And I think it's a part that's missed a lot. Like, you know, what's your relationship like with your customer? Like I still do all the customer service and that's on purpose. It's because I want to be able to connect and know exactly what's going on in my business. And I know that's something I'm going to need to let go eventually, probably in the near future, but I want to have a relationship with my customers, my suppliers, my co-packers, my manufacturer, my you know, I want to actually know the people I'm doing business with and who are doing business with me. And I think it's actually probably one of my favorite parts of my job is like the relationship part. Um, I'm getting better at talking to purple people in person again. I feel like I got like kind of awkward for a while, like (laughs) we forgot how to do it, (laughs) but I don't know. I just, I'm really grateful for everyone I've met through this aspect and, you know, business is really challenging and it can be really like, honestly, just horrible sometimes. I don't think people talk about that enough. Like having your own business is not always rainbows and butterflies, but when you, you know, like the people you work with and you enjoy the people who are supporting your brand and they can connect with you, I think it makes it a little bit easier. And you've been building a little bit of a team, right? Who's on your team? Our team is like ever changing because as our business is ever changing. So I do all the marketing right now that you see. And then a lot of other like random things. And then we've got Claire who's in Denver and she does all of like the brand and she just got like a really good eye when it comes to brand and like making decisions. Like I'm someone who like wants to throw everything at the wall and try everything. And she's a really good like North star of like, that's not on brand for us. I don't like it because of this, this, and that like, you know, or I do like it because this, this, and this. So she's our brand director and our North star when it comes to anything like that. I also, then we also have two amazing part-time social media gals. They are just so fun. They're in college. They definitely like keep us young, which is good. And like teach us about all the cool Gen Z things, which is always nice. We all have be real now, you know, as a team. (laughs) No, that's so funny. Wait, how did you find them? Like how, how would you recommend people find help like that? I know. I think we got, I think we've gotten really lucky with like all of our interns. So like, I don't know if it's the same, but like we found them on LinkedIn. Okay. Apparently the college kids are on LinkedIn, but um, like job posting on LinkedIn or did you reach out? I job posted and we have okay. like 150 applications. Oh girls. Crazy. I think um, step one, have a really cool brand that people want to work for. <laughs> Maybe I have, yeah. I hope they love working here. So they do all of our content specifically. TikTok is definitely like more their domain. And then we're like finding a new cadence with organic social because that's like majority of what we do. Um, and then we've got an awesome fulfillment team here in Austin. Um, and they, I don't know where they actually spent, um, but they're in here most of the time in our Austin office with me. And, you know, it's great too, because like we're two full-time and four part-time. And so it's one of those things where everyone's going to wear a lot of different hats, but I do feel like everyone we've got on the team right now is just like very awesome. And they live into all of our core values and they also really care about 
you know, menstrual health. That's awesome. Congratulations. So let's get into marketing a bit. Um, You're running all the marketing or most of the marketing. What has been the biggest piece of your success? Like what lever, like where are you putting your focus? I would say, you know, surprisingly enough, you guys are going to laugh at this because I hated it so much in the beginning. Email is great for us. We've got like over 65% open rates. Our email list is like bulked up a lot. I feel like it's a really great way to connect with our customers. And we actually don't send very many promo emails. We mostly send, you know, educational emails to like teach people because that's important to us. Um, Email is a great level for us. However, we are like, you know, paid social is always just going to be interesting for us with like the type of brand we are, but we're actually in a really good place with our paid social. And like, we have all profitable paid social now, which is a big win. Like that's taken us like, that's very recent. So like fingers crossed Facebook doesn't update anytime soon and like decide to change it. Yeah. But I really think where we shine is, um, organic social media is just like what we love. And as a team, like we all love it and we're learning, like, you know, I feel like we had Instagram figured out and then they decided to, I don't know what's going on. And so we're definitely selling that, but like, I think we all have fun. And I also really like, cause that's where I feel like I get to connect with people the most is like on social. So I don't know, all the lovers are pretty good, but I would definitely say like my favorite, like most fun one would be the organic social. And then the email is like the most, we're like really good and we've got a really good plan. And then the paid is like not, I don't actually do the pay. We have an advisor who helps us with that, but I feel like it's finally in a good place, but we usually just use our organic social as our paid. Yeah. Like whatever it does well there, then we turn it into an ad. That's, that's awesome to hear. So all three levers are functioning and sounds like it's doing well and I they could always remember. be better. They could always be oh, better. You know, it's like, always, they could always be better, but they're good. You always got to iterate and all that jazz. It, it's nonstop. But I remember the first time you launched ads and uh, you like immediately got sales too. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's working. It was like, heck yeah. That it's was crazy. two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny, like looking back to like, I've learned so much and like there's so much more to learn but I'm like you know I just think marketing is one of those things you could spend your whole life learning and you'd never know everything because it changes every single day which yeah, it yeah, doesn't get think, old yeah no. it definitely doesn't get old and it's just something that's someone brought it up today they were just like you feel like you know what you're doing and then tomorrow something changes and you're like I don't know what's going on and I totally feel you with how Instagram is being a little crazy right now and it's driving me nuts um, well, I mean, paid has also gone a little crazy lately too. It's just like insane. Like I'm like, ah, Instagram, just do what you're good at. People Meta, come you. on. Mark Zuckerberg, it. Yeah. get like, it together. People, like you don't have to be TikTok. You can yeah. be your own thing. And like, you know, Instagram's still our most like profitable channel. Like it's still like, I don't know. I just. I worry Instagram's going to get a little off brand for them and then they're going to don't be the next MySpace. I know, (laughs) but I really do feel like, you know, they're taking some time to really look within. They're going to business therapy, hopefully, and just figure out what they need to do, but it'll, it'll turn around. I have, I'm very confident in that. 
Well, okay, so let's move into a little growth course talk. So we love having you part of the community. And like we said at the beginning, you are our number one hype girl. And we are so appreciative of all the people that you've told about it. But what was in particular one of your favorite things about the course? What I really liked about it was, you know, I'm very like, I like the different modules, like, you know, each week is a different thing and you're going to learn about it. And then you can come to office hours and like dig in and figure it out. And so I think for me, it's like, if you have an e-commerce business, and I know that we talked about this in the very beginning, but like, it's one of those things that like, even if you're not going to be doing the marketing, you've got to know what's going on. Because I remember like before I took the growth course, like I had tried to hire some people on like Fiverr and different places. And like, I'm sure they're great at their job, but I didn't know enough to be able to even ask for what I needed. So I think it's like anything in life, like to be able to advocate and do well and, you know, really succeed, you've got to have a baseline understanding of what you're talking about. And I think that that's why I love the growth course was I could, you know, spend one week learning about organic social, one week learning about um, emails. And, you know, Clavio is like one of those things that it's taken us, it took us a year to really even just like be able to figure it out. They just updated it. And it's like way better. So oh, like I know 10 out of Exciting. 10 for the Clavio update. <laughs> um, and that's what I liked about it. It was like digestible and like you could go back and watch it again. Or you could go back and read it. And then like you could ask questions because I don't think you can learn about marketing by just reading a blog or you need to be doing it in practice. So like taking the homework, being able to do it in practice was huge for me. Totally. So like you feel like you have a baseline understanding that like when you have interns or hire people, you're able to to kind of guide them or like be a part of the conversation at at the very least. Right. Yeah. And like, I think that's it. Like we can, we know what to look for. Like, so even like, you know, I think like sometimes people are like, Oh, I hired an intern. They didn't do anything. I'm like, well, I mean, they're they're learning. Like, did you, did you teach them? Like, do you know what you're doing? Like they are not gonna, I don't know. So I think it's one of those things that if you're expecting someone on your team to do it, you don't have to be an expert at it, but if they're entry level, you better understand that they're going to need help. And like, you're going to be able to, on some level have to provide that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's so frustrating when people bring on, you know, interns who are there to really learn, like it's a, it's a two-way relationship. They're really there to like learn from you or from your team and, you have to provide that. They're not going to just, I mean, you probably have awesome Gen Z interns who could teach us a thing or two about TikTok, but it's definitely a two-way relationship there. And like, I think the other thing is like, I've definitely made that mistake. I've been that person that just like expected the person I hired to know everything. And, you know, then I think back to times like when I first got hired for jobs and I was like, why do they think I should know all of this stuff? Like I just started. And so I think that's why it was helpful for me. And like, I also think like social can be fun and you can do it in your way. It doesn't have to be like, you can have inspo brands that you look at, but it's like what resonates with your audience and your consumer? Like, is it being on stories more? Like, is it doing more reels? Is it being on TikTok and Pinterest and Instagram? And so we've been a little lax on Instagram lately. We've got to get back on our 
game. It's okay now. Right now they can, they can wait it out. That's like my thing is I'm like, I don't want to put a ton of time in this right now. If it's like not, you're not even going to show it to anybody. Check back in a week. Let's up, let's update some stuff. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I liked about it is I feel like I, I didn't know anything about marketing. And I also think, I think in my experience, people overcomplicate things and nobody wants to even try or get started because it seems so intimidating. And I felt that way. I was like, well, I don't know how to make an ad or I don't even know how to structure an email or like do any of these things. And that course helped me learn a lot about it. That's great. And now you're just like a marketing guru. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. I was like laughing. I was like talking to my business coach the other day and I was like, I just don't like feel like I have a marketing plan. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, yes, you do. I'm like, she's like, it's just all in your head and you haven't written it down. So yeah, (laughs) like you need to like write it down and like, you know, just like slowing down and remembering, like, I don't know. I think when you have a small team, a small company, it can be tough. And like, I think having some practices to refer back to, or like, like, I love the content calendar. That's like a thing that we've always, like we've used from the growth course. Like we still use that content calendar. We just imported it into Asana. And so like, we still use that same content calendar and the same content buckets that we made two years ago from like, so I just think that, I don't know, I could talk about the growth course all day, 10 out of 10 fan. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back to the foundations. I love that. Um, what uh, marketing channel are you most excited about that is going to help Funkit just be sh- shared with the masses? Oh, you know, I'm really excited about all of them right now because I think they all have a chance to make a really big comeback. I love Pinterest. Um, Pinterest is one that we dabble in quite a bit these days. Not like a super profitable channel, but we're an education brand. So I think it makes sense for us. Um, And, you know, I love TikTok and I think that it's a a place to be less polished and more funny and just to, I would say Instagram is definitely like the more polished version. Like I do a lot of the Instagram content. Cause like, I'm a little like, you know, like I'm not Gen Z. I'm not like, I feel like I love Gen Z's rawness. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I love TikTok so much is like, I love getting on there and like, I feel like it's really real and you can like show your brand personality. And then, um, also, you can like make TikToks in like two seconds. Like they're so easy and you never know what's going to do well or resonate with people. And so I think that's really fun. I really like Be Real, but I don't know. I kind of hope it doesn't get monetized. I like it as just like a purely like social media for me. Yeah. I hope Be Real doesn't get monetized. because It's, <laughs> it's really fun. I'm sure it will. They raised $30 million. So I'm sure they're going to. Oh, yeah. They got to totally. monetize. I love what you said about TikToks taking two seconds because that is something personally, like for our own TikTok, I really had to get over. I would literally spend like hours creating like the best video. I thought like so educational hours and I'd post it and it would be nothing. And then when you just go on there and like see a trending audio and you just like film your face up close and add some copy, it's like takes off. So yeah, TikTok is not a channel to overthink, I would say. No, and I do think Instagram is a channel you have to overthink. Like 
reels are more curated, more perfect, more. And so then sometimes like I'll go to make a reel and I'm like, oh, didn't do well. And I'm like, well, I didn't put any effort into it. Yeah. Like Instagram's just like, I don't know though. Like sometimes we'll repurpose in, like TikTok, Instagram, like we'll interchange them. And, you know, I'll find if it doesn't do well on one platform, it probably is going to do well on the other one. Oh, you see like the opposite. I see the opposite thing blow up. Interesting. I think yeah, it's our I've, two audiences too. Like they're very different. Yeah. Pretty, pretty different. And I think that's something really important to know because I feel like we're just shitting all over Instagram because it's really easy to do sometimes is that you did mention it's still your most profitable channel. Oh, that's the thing is like, I complain about Instagram all day long, but it's like that, like annoying sibling that is like also super valuable. They're just annoying you. And so I think that it's like, I love Instagram and I don't want to like abandon Instagram. I love, I also love like working with different brands on Instagram. Like that's something that I really enjoy is like brand partnerships. And we're definitely like that. That's a whole other, and you guys go over that in the growth course too. Like brand partnerships are a whole other thing because like for us, it's like, you know, okay, do we want to complimentary partner with people who are complimentary? Do we want to partner with someone who's almost the exact same as us and just see what happens? Like there's, interesting like with the strategy of that side but I think it's a good place to connect with other brands too TikTok is like harder to connect like TikTok's not as connected yeah Instagram is like community TikTok is like views I think someone just told me that today so yeah like I feel like TikTok like get as many eyes on it as possible and Instagram's like you might not get as many eyes on it but are they the right eyes and like honestly most of the time yes Mm mm-hmm yeah. Sure. When everything's working properly. Yeah. I know. I was just looking. I was like, have some notifications on Instagram. What's going on? Ooh, exci- exciting. I probably shouldn't have the notification. I've got like my Shopify notifications on. Oh, I've got. My. Well, those are Instagram, fun. Like TikTok. Love yeah. the dings. Ooh, you wild. You have all those notifications. But I don't on? have email on my phone. Oh. Okay. I refuse. Okay. So I, refuse. I like it. I just compulsively check it in my browser. yeah that checks out okay Kate thank you so much for your time we want to leave this right before we sign off what would be your biggest piece of advice for other small CPG business owners who may be listening in yeah if you're listening I mean I would really lean into social media I still like see a lot of people who are really hesitant and it's scary like putting yourself out there and like it's something you have to make a decision about but I do think like putting yourself out there like if you're a small business people want to connect with you and that that was really hard for me for a long time I was like I don't want to be in any of the content like I don't want to do this I don't want to do that and like for me it was really like ego and fear getting in the way And then I started putting myself out there and then like people could connect more with me and the brand. And then I felt more connected to my customers. So I know it's scary. You might be like, I'm not like a video person. I'm not like a camera person. I was not either. You should see, and I'm no expert now, but like you should see some of the first pieces of content we put out, like compared to now, like you can do it. You can connect to your customers and it's free, like organic social it's free. It takes your time, but I guarantee like in the beginning I had more time than I had money. So that's why I was, that's why I will die on the hill that organic social media is not dead. It is 
alive and thriving, you know, 15% of our revenue comes from organic social, like, and that's free. We're not, you know, and it's Mm. probably more than that. That's just exactly what I can track your shop. I love that. What did you just say? I I didn't have a lot of money, but I had time. What more time than money? I had more time than money. And so organic social is time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Not money. So love it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I love that in statement. Well, Kate, tell everyone how they can get a hold of you, where they can find Funkit and yeah. Yeah. So funkitwellness.com is our website. You can go check it out. Our Instagram is funk.it.wellness. Our Pinterest and TikTok and Twitter are just funkitwellness. I actually own the other funkitwellness domain, but I made it when I lived in New Zealand and I got locked out of it. So I own both of them. But I can't get into the other one. And, you know, now all our all of our friends are on this other domain. So we're going to keep it. But that's where you can find us. And, you know, I'm based in Austin. If you're listening and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm coming off of birth control. I've got a terrible period or I don't know anything about my period, but I'd want to like just reach out, like come by the office, come hang out. We love to talk. Awesome. Thank you, Kate, so much. Thank you guys for having me. Ooh, My Social Circle is a CPG agency-driven podcast based out of Austin, Texas. We're excited to share more behind-the-scene insights, chats with industry leaders, and whatever else we learn along the way. Follow us on Instagram at Marketing, or check out our website, umaymarketing.com. Catch you back here soon.